Hello everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Jack Booth from Driving from Dallas Mastery. Welcome, Jack. Well, thanks for having me. Sure. A uh, little bit about Jack. Uh, joining us today, Jack Booth, host of the Driving for Dallas Mastery podcast, where Jack shares his insights, insider secrets to finding massively discounted properties, regardless of experience level. Jack went from a successful window cleaner to an even more successful millionaire real estate investor. With his constantly growing business, he now spends his time helping others see how simple it is to make money with real estate. Jack built a dream real estate business and is is to show you how you can too. Welcome to the show, Jack, again. So share me your incredible journey from window cleaning guru to successful real estate investor. Well, the journey, uh, (laughs) looking back, it seemed like it happened fast, but it, it wasn't. It was definitely not as easy as um, I would have liked it to be. The The big thing was I didn't have a lot of money, right? I didn't have wealthy family. I wanted to be wealthy. I wanted to be in real estate. I wanted to be a real estate investor, but I kept having these obstacles of I needed more money. I needed uh, not only more money, but I also need properties that have, uh, at a discount to be able to make money grow. And so I just kept having obstacle after obstacle. So I had started that window cleaning business when I was 17 years old. And I, before I had started that, I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, and while I was washing windows, I was listening to podcasts, real estate podcasts, trying to figure out how to, uh, to get into real estate. How can I get into real estate and not be rich? Um, so I learned about a strategy known as wholesaling where you can uh, find a property at a discount, right? It doesn't necessarily matter if it's a single family home or a multifamily property or a development, you know, raw land. What was most important is you get it at a discount, um, you put it under contract and that purchase contract has a, a paragraph that allows you to assign it to a different person or a different business entity um, for a fee. Right. And so once you do that, you have an assignable purchase contract. You could go to the end investor that wants to either flip the single family home or develop the piece of land or invest in the big multifamily unit. And you can assign that contract to them. They buy the contract from you and close on the contract. And I learned that you can make tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars per transaction. And I was like, this is, this is the way I'm going to be able to do it. This is how I can get into real estate and not be rich in the first place. Right. Because I can be in the business of finding investment opportunities get paid to be doing that. And then I can cherry pick the best ones once I have the money from the money I made doing it. Right. So I cherry pick the best and sell the rest. And so that's why I uh, decided to do wholesaling. It was a way to be able to get out of window cleaning and and start doing, doing real estate. And that was, that was what got me there. That was the Avenue. Awesome. Awesome. So how did you find these uh, discounted properties? When I first started, um, you know, I was focusing on just single family and very small multifamily, like four units and smaller. And I was going to county recorder's office, 
county courthouse or city courthouse buildings and pulling public records. I was getting public records of people that had code violations on their properties, people that had uh, filed evictions on their properties um, and reaching out and seeing if they wanted to sell. Right. So I was just pulling public records of people that potentially were emotionally done, frustrated with their property, didn't want to deal with it anymore. And um, that's how I started. And I started getting a few deals that way. Um, But ultimately, it wasn't a strategy that was going to be enough to get enough deals or to build a business around. For example, if I if I found out that like for every thousand code violations, I'd average one deal. It's like, well, if I only got 3000 code violations a year, that meant I only got three deals a year. It was really hard to retire, you know, and not have to hustle anymore. If I only got three deals a year, I wanted three deals a week. So it's like, how do, how do I do more deals when I don't have any more properties to market to? So what I realized is most of the deals I was doing, you know, the people were done with the property. They didn't want to deal with it anymore. The property was a, a, a thorn in their side. And since it was a pain in their butt, you know, a lot of times they inherited the property. Mom was a hoarder. You got problematic siblings living in the house or their tired landlords. And in those situations, they didn't take care of general maintenance on the house. So I noticed that the houses that I was getting at a discount through these other lists, they, they were obviously the ugly ducklings on the road. So what I started doing is I started driving the different areas that I was looking for properties and just finding the bad ones. doesn't matter if it's single family, small multifamily, land, like you drive around and look for stuff that's not getting used or being taken care of. And I was adding that to a list and reaching out and see if they wanted to sell. So it's known as driving for dollars, right? In the real estate space. And um, with time, I kind of developed a system that I call my driving for dollars mastery process with one driver. um, I add over a hundred properties per hour of driving to my marketing list. And that gets me everything I need, mailing address, property address, owner's info, the names um, of of the owner, uh, as well as a phone number right? So then I can reach out to them. So there's a process that I'm able to really do a ton of this with a very little amount of time. Um, and, you know, just assigning these contracts that we're getting from this marketing strategy, we're, we're doing five, six deals a, a month. Awesome. Great job there. So how did you plan to exit these kind of deals? Because like, you know, this wholesaling stuff, uh, if you are selling like within short time, you need to pay higher taxes, right? How exactly your structure do you know exit plans? So what is the strategy for taxes here on this? Now, how exactly you exit, exit plan? What's your exit plan? Yeah, so the majority of the deals that I have, um, I just assign them, right? I'm, I'm in and out in a week. So I get them under contract, blast out an email, email and a text to my cash buyers, have them inspect the property with me, assign the contract, sign an assignment contract, take it to the title company and get paid. So um, that's how I'm doing a lot of them, right? But some of them I'm cherry picking. Some of them I'm keeping as long-term holds. The reason I'm doing that is, yes, the p- passive income. Yes, you know the, the hedge against inflation with my money, right? It's held in an actual asset. Plus you get the tax write-offs. You get to depreciate the asset and counter your income 
from uh, from the wholesaling side of things, right? But ultimately, I, I started this business because I wanted a, a deal generating system that I owned that I could cherry pick the best ones. Um, you know, some of the other things that I've done for for tax sheltering, I know it's you know the the extra strategy is is high tax because it's short term revenue, right? I'm not I'm not holding the properties as a, as a you know, so it's it's a higher tax for sure. And so what I've done to shelter that, um, you guys should talk to your accountants before you do this. But I I have my company set up as a as an S corp. So I pay myself a W-2 income for my base salary. And then the remaining, I pay myself as a profit. And that is taxed at a much lower rate as well. So there's ways to, to work around that. That's how I've got to set up. Yeah, got it, got it. So what are the some common mistakes to avoid when making your first real estate investment? Some of the, some of the big mistakes that I see people make, it's, it's kind of a misunderstanding of, of what's going to make you successful in this space. So a lot of, I was reading a book, it's actually called Multifamily Millions. And I remember it was, I was, I was reading this back when I was really just in the research phase of figuring out what I wanted to do. And he was talking about, if you want to be successful, I can't remember his exact words, but it was something to the fact of, um, we, we are not in the real estate business. We are in the marketing business and our product is real estate. And if we can't get that in between our two ears, we won't be in business for long something to that effect, basically saying that us as investors, as real estate professionals, our job is not to be in the business of real estate. Our job is into finding deeply discounted real estate. Because if you can do that, you can become very wealthy. Um, What people want to study when they first start is the exit strategies, how to wholesale, how to flip, how to do multifamily syndications, what to do with a discounted deal, right? But they don't ever study or understand what it takes to get discounted deals. That is the key to success in real estate is how to find the discounted deals. The exit strategies are a lot easier than you think. Great, great point. And so would you share your 40 days real estate challenge, how you turned 1K into 40K? Would you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So I wanted to share with people um, kind of what it took to, to do wholesaling, do what I do. So with time, I became a real estate coach. It never was really a plan. Anyways, I, I love helping people. And I, I noticed that one of the things that kept people from being successful is their belief, their mindset that it can be possible. And I also saw this in myself in the beginning of my journey. I was like, oh, it's too good to be true. It's, you know, no one would sell their house at that big of a discount. And then I met a very wealthy man that I was washing his windows. His name was uh, Stan. And Stan was a wealthy real estate developer. And I uh, got talking to him about his life and his journey and how he became successful while he was cleaning his mansion, right, as a kid. And, and he said, um, you know, I said, I said, wow, I'd just love to get a couple more rentals this year. That would be amazing. And he's like, oh, that's really convenient. I got these two properties I don't want to deal with. I haven't collected rents in four months. I got these two multi-million dollar developments, but these two rentals are a pain in my butt. He's like, I'll sell them to you. And he ended up selling them to me for a huge discount. And on top of that, I couldn't come up with the money. He wanted a half a million for both of them, which is a big discount for those two properties. But I couldn't get the down payment. I couldn't get the debt to buy them. I didn't have the cash to buy them. So he financed it. So he was the bank for me. And he, he, he's like, can you put 10% down, you know, which would have been $50,000. I was like, no. Um, he's like, well, how much can you put down? I was like, 2000, <laughs> you know, and he's like, okay, that's fine. That'll work. And it, and it blew my mind. Right. It made me believe that it's possible that I could find 
a deal of a lifetime. I just had to talk to the right people. And I was like, you know, let's see if I can get a deal of a lifetime every week, because if I can do what just happened here with Stan, I can be successful. And since I knew that it was possible, since I saw it happen, I had the belief and the courage to go try over and over and over until I found a way to systematically do it every single week. And so the reason I did the 40 day challenge is I wanted to give that gift of belief to other people. It's like, oh, if this goober guy, Zach, if he can go out and do it, then I can do it. Right. That's what I wanted the 40 day challenge to be. I want you guys to see that I'm no one special. It wasn't about how great I am and how amazing I am at this business. Um, I wanted you to see that even someone like me, that, and I made mistakes and I showed the mistakes and I showed the frustration, I showed the struggle on the 40 day challenge. Um, that if I can do it, y'all can do it. Um, but it's a day by day challenge. It's free to watch. Um, I did it to, to show you guys how possible it is, how, um, but how much work it really is as well. I wanted you to see what you're getting yourselves into if you want to do this. Um, but I, I ended up blowing that goal completely out of the water. Um, I did 40 grand because it was about the average American income at the time. And uh, I ended up doing three real estate wholesale deals where I sold the purchase contracts and I made $93,000 profit with just a thousand bucks starting. And I flew across the country. I wasn't even where I had lived. I'd never even been in the city where I did this challenge. I landed started from scratch and made $93,000. So it's, it's free. You can go to my, uh, I have a quick link for it. It's, it's DFD stands for driving for dollars, dfdchallenge.com. You guys can go get full access. I'll email you uh, access to it. So. Cool. And thank you for sharing that story. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And what has been your biggest challenge as a real estate investor? Man, there's, there's so many different struggles. I think, I think for the longest time, I tried to figure everything out on my own. And then I was like, well, I need help. I need a coach. And then I hired the wrong coach, which put a bad taste in my mouth. So it took me a long time to realize that I needed help. I shouldn't have to figure things out the hard way, hire a mentor, but then also how to hire the right mentor. So my advice would, would be, you know, and, and the mistake that I made is trying to make mistakes, you know, trying to figure it all out the hard way and not having a mentor that could guide me. Um, so my advice with, if you do want to hire a mentor, this is the filters I'd look for. Um, first, are they currently actively, actively is the key, doing what you're trying to accomplish, right? Second, um, are they continually and consistently getting results for other people. Because one thing to do it themselves. It's another thing to have the heart of a teacher and the desire and love for their students enough so to make sure they're doing what it takes to get their student success. And then the third thing is, do you like and trust that person? Can, you know, can you imagine yourself hanging out and having a cup of coffee and enjoying your conversation with that person? Because if they put a bad taste in your mouth, you don't get good vibes from them. They may get at some point ask you to uh, do something in your business that doesn't sit right in your with your morals, right? And you don't ever want to be put in a position of being successful or not, depending on, you know, following through with their action steps they're giving you because you don't find them being moral or, you know, in alignment with who you are. Um, so that would be my suggestion. Those three filters, hire a mentor, which I would have done much sooner. And with that filter. Yeah. Great points. What are your thoughts on current real estate state? Um, currently, uh, I'm just in Utah now. So I've had a branch in, in Florida and I've done a bunch of deals out there and I've done deals in other states, but I'm actively with a team and, and consistently doing deals here in Utah. No, no. What's your take on current market situation? Oh, my take on the current market. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird situation. So I know depending on the niche and the, the part of the country that you're in, uh, you may be feeling the effects of, of the current recession, which we're essentially in a recession. You may be feeling those 
effects differently. We're kind of in a weird spot as a, as real estate wholesalers where we're kind of a middleman, right? And we fo- mainly focus on small multifamily to single family properties. My market here in Utah is a very inflated market, like the East and West Coast markets where single family homes don't cash flow for, for long-term holds. So the only people that are really buying our deals at a discount are house flippers. And they're aware of the hikes and in, in interest rates and prices and values are dropping, right? Your after repair values are dropping. And so they're tentative to pay top dollar for those flip opportunities. And the sellers still think the world's never been better. It's never been a better time to sell. So we're kind of the middleman getting squished between the seller thinking it's the best market and the, the end buyer. Um, so we're, we're definitely in a weird position, but there's always opportunities um, because we're not trying to convince someone to sell at a discount. Our biggest thing is just finding someone that wants speed and convenience overpriced. They don't want to deal with it. So we've definitely seen a little bit of a shift, but all we had to do is just adjust you know, our expectations of what the, the property would assign for. And that was it. Great. And so would you share any of your best real estate investing experience so far? I got into real estate for money, right? It was 100% shallow. I want money. I wanted to get into real estate to provide a better situation for my family. And I remember, um, I remember the day my oldest was born and I was still a window washer. Uh, he's going to be eight this September. And this is just before I left uh, window cleaning and went into real estate full time. And I remember the day he was born, I remember being so upset because I couldn't think how I was going to pay the medical bills. And, you know, I'm there with this beautiful child and healthy child and my sweet wife and watch that miracle take place. And I was so upset because all I could think about was how am I going to pay for this stuff? I couldn't even be present emotionally and it upset me and disappointed. I was disappointed in myself. And then I felt sorry for myself and I was mad at myself for not living up to my own expectations that I'd set for myself to give the life to my family that I wanted to. And um, so as I started wholesaling and these checks started rolling in and putting money in an account and buying a beautiful home for my family and paying off all of our debts, you know, that was what was fulfilling, right? That's what made all the hours of cold calling and driving and hustling and, you know, slamming my head against the wall, all worth it. It was for my family. So I think the best part of real estate um, and the best part of all of it was giving my family what I wanted to give them, right? I, I met my why, I accomplished my why. Awesome. So would you also share any of your uh, challenging real estate investing experience? Um, yeah, I can give you the most recent one. I, I lost a lot of money on a deal. Um, so one of the reasons I love wholesaling is you don't take any debt or risk, right? It's if you can't assign the purchase contract, if you during your inspection period where you're inspecting it and your buyers are inspecting it, um, you discover things like foundational issues or whatever, uh, you cancel the contract, you see your inspection period, right? And you have more than one investor inspecting your house, giving you some opinions. So I, I now flip houses as well as wholesale, as well as cherry pick my, my favorite, but I always... I always have my end investors, my potential investors make me offers and inspect the property with me because I want that second opinion. Plus someone may make an offer above what I am willing to pay myself, right? And so it actually makes more sense to assign it than to cherry pick it or to flip it myself. 
but I took on a flip. I did cherry pick one to flip and fix up myself. I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes on that deal. Partnered with someone without doing a background on them. That partner pocketed and stole money on the project. The contractor that was in place, you know, same guy, uh, changed scope of work and cost me, you know, all said and done, I lost over 80 something thousand dollars on that deal. Plus I've been tied up with, um, you know, with attorneys, with that guy for, for months, I'm hoping to end it in the next couple of weeks, but you know, it was definitely painful. And I think that if you ever talk to an investor, it's like, Oh, I've never lost money on a deal. It's like, well, that's probably not a good thing, <laughs> right? Because, because you do, you know, it's like riding a bike. If you ever invest into, in, into something and you haven't lost money, you haven't really ever tried investing, right? If you tell me you know how to ride a bike and you've never crashed a bike, I guarantee you haven't really rode that bike, right? It's just part of it. Yeah. And what is your current focus? Current focus is, you know, I'm, I'm maintaining, I'm slowly growing my investing and wholesaling business. You know, it's my core business. It's building my wealth. I'm cherry picking. I'm growing my net worth, growing my cash flow, um, and my base uh, wholesaling business. I'm slowly growing that with revenue and profitability every year. Um, but it's very passive for me at this point. I only spend about five, six hours of my own time on that business because I have a team and it, and it functions without me. But my current focus right now is actually helping other people, right? My current focus is creating content and, and serving others and giving back. It's where I find my fulfillment. It's where I find a lot of joy. I don't really make very much money there, um, but I love it, right? And so, you know, I, I have my own podcast and YouTube channel and TikTok and Instagram. And so I create a ton of content. I have a social media team that helps me and you know, helping people. It's been incredible. I mean, I've, I've built such wonderful connections in the last three years of coaching. And I actually just this spring, I had a student ask me to marry him um, that I became very close to. And I, um, you know, he got into it to fight for custody for his daughter. He had a really bad, weird situation. And I remember watching them, you know, he was able to get full custody of his daughter and I married him and his wife. And, you know, I watched his name's Aaron Gaunt. I watched Aaron and his beautiful little girl do their daddy daughter dance at the wedding. And I was just like sobbing, you know, knowing that I had a small part in that. And so to me, um, you know, my main focus right now is finding that fulfillment and giving back. So. Awesome. So any of your personal habits that are helping you to be successful? Uh, definitely. Uh, I think that one like consistent habit that I've had for years and years, obviously there's Lots of little things that, that make a big difference, but I feel like the one big thing that moves the needle um, in my life um, is I know what I'm working towards. I know what my goals are. I know what my focus is, and I'm very focused on working on the tasks that are going to get me to success in that goal. So what I do to organize my time is I have a Google calendar. I live by my Google calendar. I have certain times that are blocked off for meetings that I won't miss, you know, uh, residual like team meetings, KPI review meetings, those kinds of things, um, podcasts like this. But uh, the other thing that I have is sometimes during the day, I have open times, right, where I can do my general tasks. And I always have uh, either Google Notes on my phone. A lot of times I'll put them on my phone, but I, I like to have a piece of paper that sits on my desk with all the tasks that I would like to accomplish. And anytime an idea comes of something that I should do or a new opportunity or anything, I put it on the piece of paper. And when I have free time or available work time, 
because I also block out time to go be with my two beautiful children and my wife. And so I have to just stop working. There's always more work than time available. So the time that I do have available to work on tasks, I focus on the one task that I see there that is going to get me to my goal faster. And it's usually the task I want to do the least, right? It's usually the one that makes me uncomfortable, right? So like checking my emails, it's never a priority, right? And I'll even write that down. If I think I need to check my emails, I'll write it down, but then I'll look at it and evaluate what's actually going to get me there faster. What do I actually need to focus on? What's emergency to get me to my goal? So that's a, a major habit that I've had for years and years, and it's, it's made a huge difference. Great. And any books that impacted your life and what way? Um, yes, many. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, when I was 14, was very influential. Another a couple books that I really love is uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, I really, really, really like that book for a lot of different reasons. Um, but I, I believe that reading, um, and if you're constantly reading, you're going to have different struggles and different goals, essentially, that you're trying to accomplish. And certain books will help you work towards those goals. So I'm always searching out books that that are going to be educating me and opening up my mind in, in areas that are, are going to help me be more successful. So like this last weekend, I read the entire book. I read uh, profits first last weekend, right? And I read it before, but I was dealing with some cash flow issues in my business. So I was like, all right, I got cash flow issues. I'm going to read this book again. And I read the book again. The funny thing is the second time I read it, but I was like, oh man, like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing? Like, and I went back and I, I literally found, I cut in both of my businesses, my coaching business, as well as um, my, my real estate business, I cut nearly 25% of my monthly expenses in both businesses, right? It was a lot of money that I was just throwing away and I didn't realize. And so I think depending on where you're at, what your goals are, you should always be reading and, and moving the needle for yourself. So. Awesome. Awesome. And how can listeners can connect with you, Jack? Um, yeah, you all can shoot me a DM on social media, any platform you can find me. So it's Zach, Z-A-C-K, last name's Booth, B-O-O-T-H-E. Um, you can reach out and say hi on any social media platform, um, but definitely catch that 40-day challenge. So uh, it's dfdchallenge.com. Go watch that 40-day challenge if you guys found, you know, what I shared interesting or the, the concept of wholesaling and, and building that, that business. So you can cherry pick the best and sell the rest. Right. Awesome. And thank you very much, Jack. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for adding value to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Sure. Thanks for listening to multifamily AP 360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.